Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome to TMZ Live, Harvey Levin here. Fabian here. So the, uh, the judge in the Jonathan Majors assault trial has released um, what may be the core evidence in this case. It is visual evidence. Um, and I got to say, this is really, really dramatic. Yes. So let's paint the picture of the night that they got in that Uber and they had an argument over something on his phone, a text, mm -hmm. and she says that he assaulted her in the car. That's right. So she snatched his phone away because she thought she saw him texting another woman, demanded to know who it was. He tried grabbing the phone back, according to her, and what she claims is that he roughed her up, twisted her arm, twisted her finger, smacked her. Uh, and then right after that, uh, Jonathan Majors apparently tried getting out of the car, and Grace Jabari tried following him. This was well, testified in court. Well, now we have video of this. So, so that's the Uber right there yes. uh, um, on the right toward the middle of the screen. Uh, you are going to see uh, Jonathan Majors getting out of the car. Yep. And apparently he pushed her back in. So the, you see him try to put her back into the vehicle. So he kind of wraps his arms around her, tries to put her back in the car. She seems to be struggling, not wanting to go in the car. She is. And then she goes after him. So this is her chasing literally him. chasing him down the street, I think a couple blocks or so. And oh my gosh, this is wild. So uh, she, she is literally chasing him as he's trying to get away. Yes. What? He outruns her. And we're going to see this here just in a second. She ends up coming across these strangers. These are the strangers that she says she befriended that night in the middle of the street, tells them what's going on. They're kind of consoling her, lending her their ear a little now, bit. Now watch this. Jonathan Majors is going to come into frame here. So he's coming by. And now she notices him, and she apparently, she seems to try and engage She's him. trying to say, hey, let's talk. That's what I, and there's no audio, by the way. The, this is just the video. If there was audio, we would play it for you, obviously. I see Jonathan Majors telling her, leave me alone. I'm going to go my separate ways. You go, you go home. That's what I'm perceiving here, at least. And here she is yet again pursuing chasing him, him, chasing him on foot. So we're gonna get we're gonna get into what this all means for in a minute. But remember, we told you that the next morning she went to a club. She went out partying that same night with those same people as she met on the street. And then there she is, seemingly looking okay, seemingly looking uninjured. So she goes to Jonathan's apartment later in that New York, night. By later herself, that night. he's not home. He comes back in the morning, yep. and now there is video of inside his apartment where the, cop, um, this the is, cops are there. So he called 911 because he says he found Jabari, his accuser, in his closet, passed out. He thought she was dead or that she had attempted suicide. He called 911 reporting it as an attempted suicide. Now, these are the cops that are trying to regain her consciousness yeah, this is her by moving to, her up. Yeah. She's coming to, and this is, remember, we told you the other day that the police officers testified. They asked her what happened the night before, 
And she seemed to say, I, I don't really remember. Yeah, she basically said, she, one, well, the first thing they said she said was, how did I get here? So she clearly didn't know how she had gotten there. But eventually, when they started pointing out these injuries on her, the bruised finger, and the, there, the abrasion behind the ear. And there are photographs of this. These, are, yep, these are the alleged injuries. And when they, the when they asked her about this, at some point, she said, yeah, Majors did this. Jonathan Majors did this to me. That's what she ultimately said. That's why they ultimately arrested him for assault. Uh, and this is why this trial is going on right now. So all this evidence was just released by the judge. All this stuff has already been addressed in court, but we're seeing it for the first time. The jury has seen this already. Correct. So, so now the question is, how do you make sense of all of this? So, and 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 what what the prosecutors are saying is, look, I mean, I think the biggest thing the prosecutors have got going for them is the mark on her neck. Yes. I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, the ear as well. Yeah. But that neck injury, um, the question is, how did she get that? How right. did she get that? Now, it could be mutual combat. It could be she was the aggressor, or it could be it's as prosecutors It's also possible that if she that went out that night it. and she came home, maybe she fell and hurt herself. I mean, who knows? And let's not forget, we have the testimony of the driver of the Uber who said that as far as he could hear, and he didn't turn around and look, as far as he can hear, she was the aggressor in any altercation. So if you patch these things together, the, the testimony of the Uber driver, then you see him clearly trying to flee away from her, and then you see her going out and then going home and passing out in the closet, it's hard to find beyond a reasonable doubt that he caused the injuries or that he was the aggressor as she and the prosecution are trying to, trying to maintain. Yeah, I mean, it's just the idea of running after him the way she is and even grabbing him at some point. That's not great for the prosecutor. Um, the injuries are a different story. And then yeah. you've got to look and say, well, what happened there? Right. Again, it's one thing if he did that and as the aggressor. It's another thing if it ended up where she... She went after him and it became mutual combat. That's a whole other thing. So there's this this footage and this evidence from the night of, but of course, in this trial, there have been there's been a lot of talk about things that allegedly happened before this. The prosecution has been trying to paint him as an abuser, as somebody as this has been boiling up, et cetera. And they've talked about this audio of Jonathan Majors berating Grace Jabari sometime in the past, sometime maybe a year before yeah, all this. a long time before. And we're going to play you this audio of Jonathan Majors scolding her for going out, for partying. She's a, being apologetic. Well, and he basically says, you got to be more like Coretta Scott King and Michelle Obama if you're going to be my woman. Listen to this audio of him saying just that. How dare you come home drunk and disturb the peace of our house when we have a plan? Grace has to be in a certain mindset to support Coretta Scott King. You know who that is? That's Martin Luther King's wife, Michelle Obama, Barack Obama's wife. I know, I'm not, I, I, I shouldn't have gone out, I'm no, no, sorry. Let me, just, let me just lay it out for you. I'm just gonna say this. My temper, my my trial, blah, blah, all that, all that said, right? And I'm gonna say, I'm a great man, a great man. I am doing great things, not just for me, but for my, for my culture, and for the world, that is actually the position I'm in. The woman that supports me, that I support, that, we're, that needs to be a great woman and make sacrifices the way that man is making for her and for them, ultimately. I gotta say, it is not a great look for Jonathan no, Major. No, but it doesn't and, matter. Well, like, here, no, there's well actually, I guess it does there, matter. There is something that really matters. He addresses his temper yes. early on in that. And that's something the prosecutors are going to glom onto. Yes. But beyond that, does it matter that he says, I'm a great man, I need a great woman like Coretta Scott King or Michelle Obama to support me? 
It doesn't matter legally in terms of the but case. But in the court of public opinion, perhaps and, it really does matter. Well, and even and even with the jury, it is a terrible look it, to it, say things like that. Harvey, we talked about this yesterday. The fact the judge let this in, some conversation that happened however long before the incident that does not reflect on the incident itself. It could be reversible error. It's reversible error, but for the very reason we're talking about, it can be so prejudicial, right? Juries can rely on this for making a factual determination that isn't supported by the evidence, but because they get outraged by him and his comments are absurd, let's let's be honest, right. that he makes to her, that juries jurors can be convinced by that to convict, and that's why you don't want this kind of evidence to come in. It doesn't reflect on whether he did what he did that night. It's it's baffling to me. It has absolutely, with the exception of saying, I have a temper, but that doesn't mean you're going to assault, criminally assault somebody. Yep. I don't see any relevant, and, and it, not just that it's prejudicial, which it is, but I don't see any relevance and this, in it. And this is why I feel like whether he gets convicted or not, let's just say he gets acquitted. Even if he beats the charges, <laughs> the public has heard all this. They've seen this, they've heard this audio. And this is going to carry on with him and his, and his reputation. And Disney probably going to see this and say, I want nothing to do with this guy. He has a huge role in Marvel right now. They're going to see all this ugliness and say, you know what? We're better off dropping him. We don't even care if he was acquitted or not. I mean, we your, public, your reputation's tarnished at this point, regardless. That's I, how I feel. I mean, look, what he said is jerky. Yeah. It, it's not criminal. Yeah. It's not aggressive. It's saying, well, I, I, it's a I'm, aggra I'm a well. He's saying, look, I mean, it's ridiculous. He's lecturing her for partying He's and saying, you're going to make me look bad. Don't you know I'm an A-list actor? Don't I am you know a, who I am? Not just, not just who I am. <laughs> it's comparing me to Martin Luther King and Barack Obama. I'm He's a great man. He's asking this white woman to be like oh, these two black women. Not, anyway. not a great look. Dorian Perry Dorian from PG County, Maryland. And honestly, this whole video footage just made Grace not look good in this because she's chasing him while he's trying to get away and it also makes it look like she's really trying to hurt him because he's trying to tell her to just leave him alone, but she's following for blocks and blocks. And then even after he saw her again, he still told her to get away and she's still chasing him after that. Now, after all that said, the next day she ends up passed out in the closet of his place while he's not there. So this also kind of makes it look like she might have been out of it already or she's been out of it overnight so this might not differ. i mean to me there's like, like like we've all said here to me if i was a juror there'd be more than enough reasonable doubt to acquit him but i guess I mean, look, happens. final final thing that her reaction of getting out of the uber and chasing him down the street and even manhandling him at a point yeah that listen you could say that um somebody who's a victim would tend to be afraid and wouldn't pursue the person that mm -hmm. way and that may be the case generally. That is not always the case. Right, people just because she went after him doesn't people react mean differently. He might have not. But here's hit her the, or something, here, here's, right? here's the problem. In terms of what people ordinarily do, mm -hmm. you wouldn't pursue somebody that way if they've assaulted you. Right. Um, you know, and, uh, under circumstances like that, it doesn't mean you wouldn't. But again, this case is about reasonable doubt, and that chasing could have a big impact on this jury. So uh, Jamie Spears, we uh, broke the story a few days ago that Jamie Spears had a terrible infection in his body um, and in specifically his right leg. And doctors uh, operated five times, we're told, uh, and could not save his leg about seven weeks ago. 
uh, his leg was amputated above the right knee, about four inches. Wow. Uh, we hadn't seen Jamie until yesterday, but these are the pictures that surfaced of Jamie. He's outside a warehouse in Kentwood, Louisiana. This is interesting. It's a warehouse just in, by the way, a warehouse that Britney Spears owns, which uh, stores a lot of uh, the- her Memorabilia? The, the tour, a lot oh, of her wow. tour stuff. Okay. Um, but also, he has a lifetime right to use uh, that storage facility as his RV there. So he was there the other day, and we got these pictures. So I, I got to say, like, I don't know how you feel about it, but like to me, I and maybe this is surprising to Britney fans, but I feel I feel sympathy for him here. He, I feel like, oh my gosh, poor guy. Because like, here's the thing: like with all this Britney's saga and the conservatorship and all the backlash he's faced, there's been this perception of Jamie like money hungry. He's been, you know, she's she's accused him of like, you know ripping her off for years and stealing millions of dollars. But I see this guy, he doesn't look like he's balling or doing like rolling wealthy or anything. He looks like kind of down and out. He, with, especially with the leg amputated, he looks like he's down on his luck almost. Well, he's not in good health. Yeah. We, we know he's not in good health. And, and look, I, you know, I've talked about this before and I know it enrages Britney fans, <laughs> but Jamie Spears saved Britney Spears' life. Yeah. Um, when this whole thing started, he saved her life. Yeah. She wouldn't be alive today. And say what you want about how he handled it years into it. Maybe it went on for too long. Well, but initially, he most certainly did save her life. And up and and uprighted a lot that was wrong. She had no custody of the kids. She ended up with 50% custody of the kids. She was broke, and then she's flush with money. Did he make mistakes? Yes. But now the question with what Brittany is seeing, mm -hmm. is she going to reach out? Reach out and maybe restore a relationship that we thought was ruined forever. And guys, we know from people close to Brittany that she has uh, been outspoken to these people close to her recently, that she misses her father. We know from our sources that she hasn't reached out to him directly yet, but she has expressed to people possible interest in some kind of a reconciliation at some point in the future. So um, we know that she posted that picture of him. Uh, that was the day, literally hours yeah, yeah. after we broke the story. Yeah, the, day, the day we reported that his leg had been amputated, she posted this photo of her and her father's, and that's her right there. And it seems like she's thinking about him. It seems like she perhaps misses him. And we know that she's already reconciled with her mom, that her sister perhaps, they'll reconcile as well. So why not Jamie too? And I don't think the middle of December is a, is insignificant here. Right. The fact is Christmas is coming up. Mm -hmm. Sam is gone. She's basically alone. Mm -hmm. She's repaired the relationship to an extent with her mom right. and her sister. Yep. And now the question, will she do it with Jamie? And I'll raise one other thing. If she does it with Jamie, if she does restore the relationship with Jamie, What's going to happen to this lawsuit right. where they're, um, still, they're still in court? They're still fighting over money. It's supposed and to like positions and four everything. months from now, there's going to be a trial. Yep. Um, or will there be? That's right. the question. Or will there be? Hi, I'm Dawn from Trinidad and Tobago. Jamie Spears losing his leg is tragic. And we don't really know much details about what led to that. But in times like this is when you need family, and that Spears family is broken. Yes, he helps Brittany. I think I understand you're saying that he saved her life, but he also caused her a lot of hurt and pain. And her posting about her dad tells me that she understands and she cares, but her not wanting to see him is understandable. Yeah, it's in Brittany's hands at this point. Yeah, not, she's not, gonna to, do what not she's to play into a cliche, but there's no better time for forgiveness than right now in December, so we'll see. Or she may not. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. ultimately it's, yeah. in her, it's in her hands. We yeah. will see. Okay. Uh, happy birthday.
Taylor Swift. Happy birthday, Happy Taylor. Birthday. You're 34 years old now. Right. Oh, my God. And gosh. you are in the top of the world. Um, no, I, you know, I was talking to somebody in her world yesterday, and I was just saying, in all the years we've done TMZ, and it's many years, um, I have never seen anything like this, where yep. somebody has achieved the level of success because she was already one of the most successful people right. in entertainment. But this year has just been unparalleled. Yeah, I mean, I've the, not seen anything like it. It comes like on the it. heels of the album last year, plus the Ayers tour changed everything, and it's kind of put her at the center of the zeitgeist of, of almost everything. Sports, pop culture, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's sort of it's very Beatles-esque, and right now she's 34, and like you said, on top of the world. It is. I, I hate to even say it's Beatles-esque because of w the way I view the Beatles. But it is. But it, 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 it's, <laughs> it's getting there. Yeah. Um, so last night she celebrated kind of a pre-birthday celebration at Zero Bond, which is Fancy Schmancy Club in New York City. Yep. She was there with Miles Teller. She was there with Miles' wife. Selena Gomez Selena joined Gomez. her. No sign of Blake Lively or Ryan Reynolds, who's, who are always rolling with her. Uh, but yeah, she had a nice little birthday dinner there. Another person who was also not there, probably busy with practice, obviously, uh, Travis Kelsey, her boyfriend. Not to say that she did not celebrate with him earlier in the week. She most certainly did. We have uh, video footage of Taylor uh, leaving this bar in Kansas City on Sunday night. So after the Chiefs, lost to the Bills. I don't want to even talk about that. But after they lost that awful game, uh, they went out to celebrate, and this is them leaving this bar. They had some kind of Christmas get-together there, and uh, I think Donna was there too, actually. Yeah, no, Fabian, you're exactly right. And I think that speaks, at least at least to me, the, the, the loudest here. Patrick Mahomes was there. Mm. Brittany Mahomes, of course, we know Taylor and Brittany of have become course. really fast friends. Of course, Brittany Mahomes uh, was there. Right, I don't think she'd <laughs> miss that opportunity, Harv. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the fact that that mom was there on the Sunday night to, to go out for your son's girlfriend's birthday, I think that shows that this is definitely a serious relationship. You know yeah. what? I, I, can I just have some bragging rights here? When yeah. everybody's, when I said in the, remember months ago, I said, these guys are together, this is real. And everybody's saying, no, it's all show, it's yeah. not true. I think they're going to get married. Right. I do too. I think wow. they're going to get married. Yeah. I, no, wow. I think you're right, Harvey. I think well, she's doing things that we've never, not that I'm a Taylor Swift expert, but we've seen her, we're, we've seen her now do things that she's never done with in the family, past. With right. family, with his family. I, I think so, too. And there are still people out there who actually think this is a publicity it's stunt. Not, this is no, not a real. publicity So here, here's the real question. I don't know if either one of you want to answer, but what is, what, is, what is she doing for her birthday today? And more importantly, what is Travis Kelsey going to do for her on her birthday today? What is, what's going he, to happen? He, he can't yeah, he come can't to New York there City. Because come on. The Chiefs no are way. playing the no Patriots way. in New England on Sunday. Today is like the big day, Wednesday, for NFL teams where they go. put in the game he plan. There's no way he'll what be there. What a bust. Yeah, oh no, he can't. I mean, if he went and if they lose, it would be terrible. But is he going to plan something for her this weekend is what I'm saying. Is he, gonna, is he planning some big bash? You got to do something this week for her. I'm expecting to see some kind of big bash. I think he's going to out, pull out all the stops and spend a lot of cash on it. But uh, we'll see, I guess. Hey, TMZ. It's Max from North Carolina. Uh, two quick things. I want to say that um, it's got to be insane for fans of Taylor Swift in Kansas City. Like, she's probably never spent this much time in Kansas City. That's <laughs> You're be, probably right. <laughs> it be exciting for them. And I just want to say, like, I feel for... I mean, Travis Kelsey obviously is a man of means, but uh, getting, getting into a relationship before a birthday and Christmas, I know he's going to be 
uh, spending a lot of money on presents and things like that. I mean, like, like uh, NFL players are rich, but they're not like nah, rich, rich, rich. I mean, that's, that's he has made <laughs> business deal after business deal Actually, after right. business yeah, deal in the last. He's three all months. over all these ads and stuff. He's, yeah, he's yeah, flush. Yeah, he's okay. So. Uh, there was a big meeting uh, in Washington, D.C. Uh, earlier this week uh, with President Biden and a number of uh, folks from Jewish organizations around the country to talk about anti-Semitism, to talk about what's going on in the Middle East uh, and everything related to that. So uh, one of the members who was present there uh, was Amy Spitalnik, who is the CEO of the Jewish Council of Public Affairs, uh, and uh, we want to get downloaded on what happened in the meeting and what is going to happen going forward. So, Amy, uh, welcome to TMZ Live. Thanks so much for having me. So, um, you know, it's interesting what's going on right now, because on the one hand, President Biden is talking about the rise of anti-Semitism, which is undeniably alarming. On the other hand, um, he is now calling out uh, Nate Yahoo. Um, for not being strategic in the way they're fighting the war um, and killing a lot of innocent Palestinians in the process. So when he spoke to you, those are two very different things that relate. Um, what was your takeaway in terms of the way Biden is viewing all of this? The president has ha has led with enormous moral clarity on anti-Semitism, on the conflict in Israel and Gaza since day one. Uh, this meeting earlier this week was not the first time the administration has engaged the Jewish community. Uh, they've been engaged since day one. I was privileged to be a part of the, a meeting with the president a few days after October 7th, from the attorney general to the FBI director to the uh, secretary of Homeland Security to the secretary of education. This has been a whole of government approach to keep the Jewish community safe that long predates uh, the conflict right now, um, and to being clear about the administration's priorities and values when it comes to the war between Israel and Hamas. Do you feel like he's kind of being torn in two different directions here, or is, it, is, he, is he morally on the right side regardless? This conflict is not zero-sum, and its ripple effects in the United States are not zero-sum. Hmm. After October 7th, we saw a spike in anti-Semitism here in the United States, including a number of efforts to hold the Jewish people collectively responsible for Israel's actions by targeting Jewish people, Jewish businesses, synagogues, including my own, which was targeted with graffiti, and a variety of other efforts targeting the Jewish people violently uh, and in other ways. Right. But we're not alone in the hate and the violence that we're facing. We know right. that the Muslim community, the Arab American community are facing very real threats as well, including the murder of a six-year-old Muslim boy in Chicago in October mm -hmm. and the shooting of three Palestinian students in Burlington, Vermont last month. Right. And so the threat of anti-Semitism uh, is not isolated. It comes alongside this rise in Islamophobia and anti-Arab hate, and it's crucial that the president at all levels of government recognize these rising threats all around us. They might manifest in different ways and require some similar and some different solutions, um, but it's not zero-sum. The safety of the Jewish people is not at odds with the safety of any other community, the same way that taking on the uh, attacks against the Muslim community or the Arab American community right. uh, is actually in the interest of Jewish safety and everyone's safety. You know, you're in, an, in, in a position where you deal with public affairs. And one of the things that's become very public is that Israel is losing support internationally because 
they haven't gone in with a scalpel. They've gone in more with a hatchet. And that a lot of people, including President Biden, has been very critical of it. And the longer it goes, the more it fuels this kind of anti-Semitism, it seems to me. I mean, this is my take. And I'm wondering what yours is, because you're involved in this, that as you watch this war progress, and you see Netanyahu saying, I am going to do what I believe is best for Israel. I don't care what the United States thinks. Um, it's not just the U.S. anymore. It's international. So how do you get out of this quagmire where, on the one hand, you want to eliminate Hamas, and then on the other hand, the way Israel is doing it is fueling even more anti-Semitism. Well, look, you raised a number of crucial e issues. And like with anything involving the Middle East or anything involving anti-Semitism, none of it is simple. It's all deeply complex. I'll say a few things. First and foremost, when we conflate the Jewish people in Israel, as some of the extremists are doing in this moment, it is intended to fuel anti-Semitism. The Jewish people are not collectively responsible for the actions of the Israeli government. And whether it is the protesters who targeted an, uh, a restaurant owned by a Jewish chef in Philadelphia, Michael Salomonov, or the menorah lighting that was canceled that had nothing to do with Israel in Virginia by people who didn't want to be perceived as taking sides in this conflict, or again, the targeting of Jewish people going to synagogue, of synagogues themselves, of other Jewish institutions, that is no one's fault but the anti-Semites. When we target Jews and hold them collectively responsible for the Israeli government's actions, that is anti-Semitism full stop, and we need to be clear about that. Amy, I'm curious if you saw this video that went around yesterday. It was a, a Polish lawmaker uh, extinguishing a menorah, a lit menorah that was in the, in the Capitol building there, and he completely blew it out with a, a fire, fire extinguisher thing. and it went viral. Um, obviously got a lot of you know attention. I'm wondering if you're seeing some of that here in the States, obviously that was in Poland, but are you seeing any of that here, especially as, as the holidays are here and menorahs might be getting lit uh, for Hanukkah. Are you seeing any of that stuff manifest here in the States? I did see that video, and this is a far-right extremist Polish lawmaker. Mm. Uh, it speaks to, you know, in this moment, there is obviously rightful focus on extremism coming from the left, existing on college campuses and otherwise, and that's crucial and important. But it's also a reminder that we cannot lose sight of the dire threat of far-right extremism and anti-Semitism. Make no mistake, that is anti-Semitism when we are, again, targeting Jews, um, as a accountability for Israel's actions or otherwise trying to prevent people from exercising their religion freely in the United States. I got to tell you, Amy, I mean, I, I, as I listen, you have such a complicated job because you are now dealing with um, what everybody should find abhorrent in this country, which is so complicated now by what's going on thousands of miles away. So um, I got to say, as I listen to you, um, I am kind of in awe of what is in front of you, but uh, best of luck to you. We really appreciate the time. Kanye West has been out and about promoting his new album, uh, but one song in particular has caught the attention of a lot of people uh, for a lot of different reasons. It's this Backstreet uh, Boys song. He sampled or seemingly sampled uh, one of the most famous iconic songs, Everybody, for his own version. Uh, again, we haven't heard the full song. We've heard clips and snippets of it played. But right off the bat, people wondered, oh, snap, did the Backstreet Boys sign off on this? You well, got to figure let's they did. Let's, let's play this first. So this is the sampling, and then we'll get into whether he contacted them and whether he needed their permission in the first place. Right. Everything. 
so there it is. It's it's there's the iconic chorus. Uh, but here's the thing. So Kanye actually previewed this song over the weekend, and in that preview, it actually sounded like the Backstreet Boys themselves. And this version you're hearing now, it sounds like there's a different artist on there now singing the chorus. So I'm not sure which version he plans to use for the album. Right. But in any he may, case, he may not know. Right. <laughs> well, that's that's the exact issue. And this version that we just played there, he was in a club in Miami. That's Charlie Wilson, Ty Dolla Sign, and maybe it sounds like a couple other voices just repeating the lyrics that the Backstreet Boys did. As you said, Fabian, he did a preview on the weekend where it was the original version, where it was the Backstreet Boys voices, and then it kind of went into his new beat. So. I reached out to some sources. I talked to sources close to the Backstreet Boys who said, absolutely, they didn't clear this song. Mm. But there's kind of a gray area in this uh, clearing and whatever when you kind of take an original song and you sing it yourself and you kind of change beats or whatever. Now, these lyrics are still the same, but it'd be interesting to see which version makes it on the album and if the Backstreet Boys will go after him for royalties or anything like that. So now, the Backstreet Boys, as I understand it, they didn't write the song so I don't know that they would be the ones to go after him if anybody does. It would right. seem be the that the publisher or, or right. the owner of the uh, of the song itself. But so far we haven't heard anything like right. that. So Brad, I'm curious. Like when we say that he did not get their their permission or their blessing, was was he seeking permission or was he, or was he seeking official clearance? Do we know? Well, that's what's unclear. But if you've kind of seen cases of Kanye in the past, he's been sued a lot for taking music that he mm. either hadn't even asked for or was asked and or if he asked and was still told no, he'll still go ahead and do it. So that's what's not clear in this case. So it'll be interesting to see if the album drops Friday, like he's promised, right. which version we're going to hear. Happy holidays, TMZ. My name is Russ from Las Vegas. So Kanye West basically got um, a few other singers that's known um, to recreate the chorus, which he really can't get in trouble for unless he's uh, actually selling the record or the album. Then, yeah. of course, the, the labels will start looking for some type of monetary value. But as of right now, he's pretty much in the clear and uh it's like that song came out like in i want to say like 1997 1996 something like that but i mean it is what it is and he pretty he's pretty much in the clear yeah but well, we, we, you're we, saying we, he's in the clear see. until he starts yeah, selling it but he wants to sell it he doesn't have distribution at this point but once he puts this album out and tries selling it and makes starts making sales he will be in trouble he could potentially be uh, you know under fire for a lawsuit I, I i just don't know that anybody wants to sue kanye west and deal with him for the next two years yeah. of this stuff uh okay we're gonna move on so shannon doherty is really really angry oh man this is a mess. angry she is in the middle of a divorce right now and um we broke a story that people connected to her husband have said that you know it seems like cheating is the core of why they're getting divorced uh, the people that have contact, talked to us have said, no, it was an open marriage, um, that they had a deal, they were separate. That the and, husband had made clear that, you know, they were living separate lives, that he'd found a new partner, something that apparently was communicated to her well ahead of time. So she is not having any of that, and she has now blasted him. She And remember, she's now battling... Uh, stage cancer, four brain yes. cancer. But so there are a lot of health issues. Right she has now. a lot of issues. Um, but here's what she said about that. And she was very clear. She says, let's be clear. The truth matters. The story supposedly comes from my husband's friends, soon to be ex, uh, that he told me two years ago, he was cheating on me and we have had an open marriage. Now this is an absolute lie. And I will address the marriage and affair further 
on the Let's Be Clear podcast. So she's got a new podcast that she's been talking about a lot of these things. She also says, and to the friend's girlfriend who tried to put the story out, I realize you're scared of the truth, but trying to circumvent it with lies will get you nowhere. Hashtag the truth matters. Interesting that she called out this girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you guys, we spoke to people close to Kurt who say like her claims about cheating is absolutely not true. That he was actually very open about being in a new relationship at the time. Um, and that he actually had talked about her, uh, talked with her about being with somebody new. And days later, she apparently had fallen and then that's when they discovered the brain tumor. Of course, this was, according to people around him, very bad timing, but it was right. something that she was aware about. And he actually had come down because at the time he was living in Texas, she was living in California. He had come down to be by her side when she had got this diagnosis that she had a brain tumor. And according to people around him, Shannon did not want him there. So very different story. Well, I just want to say something really clear. She says that is an absolute Lie. Right. She's calling that, BS on that, that. That she literally caught him red-handed um, in their house, mm -hmm. um, and apparently there may have even been a witness there. Right. So she is saying it is an absolute lie. This is Calvin from Youngstown, Ohio. Um, I'm totally going to be on Shannon Dory's side. Um, she does not seem like an open marriage kind of a girl. Um, even when she had that whole little scuffle with uh, some people on the stairwell back in the day, she was never all, uh, I'm going to share my man with somebody else. So I am team Shannon Doherty, and I will be tuning into her podcast. Let's be clear on that. <laughs> so okay. She, so you got somebody in Shannon's corner right there. Um, okay. I guess we'll see what comes of that. We have got to take a break. When we come back, comedian Matt Reif, he's maybe the biggest comedian out there right now. I mean, he just draws huge crowds. He's getting dragged, yeah. and he's getting dragged because he went after a six-year-old. <laughs> we will get into it when we come back. Welcome back to TMZ Live. Matt Reif has been catching a lot of heat over the past month or so for many reasons, mostly his Netflix special that just came out. Uh, he kind of made a domestic violence joke. A lot of his female fans turned on him because he made a lot of just jokes that targeted them, but now he's kind of targeting a six-year-old who criticized him for that. Uh, so check this out. So Matt made a joke on stage. This is what he said. Nothing to do with the stars, man. Just because Jupiter has a ring and you don't, doesn't mean- It's Saturn Astro rings, and it has more also, and you're mean to girls. So there you go. So Matt made a joke about how women who are single look to astrology for inspiration, and he kind of made a joke about, oh, just because Jupiter has a ring and you don't, don't look to the stars. This kid responded and said, actually, Saturn is the planet with rings, not Jupiter, so and, the, you're, and you're mean to girls. So now the question is, does he respond to the kid, or does he just, like, take a pass and move on? Well, he, he, he did the form. He responded. And by the way, he yeah. wasn't tagged in this, by the way, but this is what he said. He goes, Jupiter also has a ring. Oh, and Santa isn't real. And your mom buys your presents with the money she makes on OnlyFans. Good luck. So the kid's mom, he is she's a, a TikTok influencer. And, territory and, and she jumped in and she had her own response to this. Matt Reif has decided to start beef with my six-year-old child online. This all started when his comedy special, which if that's what we're calling comedy, the things he said that weren't even funny were posted on TikTok and I started being tagged in them because everyone knows that my son is like a genius and he's really into space. While you clearly took a lighthearted video and turned it into fighting with a six-year-old, let's talk about the comments that you said about me. Do I look like I don't even show my body? You can't accept the fact that people may like women for their personalities. No, you, we know you don't have one. 
You stick to the men that you need validation from, and I will gladly take your female audience. Wow. I would be a little bit more sympathetic to Bunny if she clearly didn't tell her kid to say, now tell Matt you're mean to girls, because that was clearly planted by her. Of course it was. So that's the thing. So Bunny put her kid onto this, right? Either had the kid watch the clip and then put the camera in front and said, okay, honey, now respond. So it's all calculated on her end. And I gotta be honest, Matt Reif is a hack. I, don't, I just wanna get that clear. He's not a good comedian in my opinion. A lot of crowd work, not a lot of good material, but regardless of whether I think he's a hack and whether his jokes on the special were misogynistic or not, it doesn't matter. This whole thing with Bunny is so cringe on her end. I'm actually gonna defend Matt here. Matt's the one, I get, yeah, he called the kid out. So what, the kid's annoying. It, this whole thing's annoying. Can I say, that it's like, I don't, I'm having trouble caring right now. <laughs> I, I really am. It's like, the guy is a comedian. The guy pushed the envelope. He probably went too far with the kid. She's a TikToker. Right. She is going to get a lot more attention now because of this. Right. So it's a win on her part. And on his part, it's his brand. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's like, it's just, I mean, with all the things going on, it's like, I get it. And the kid's in the middle. And the kid probably loves it. I mean, he didn't, uh, look. But, he, but he, apparently, he, apparently the kid's made, not aware of it. He though. made so, a Santa Claus joke. I get it. Yeah. But my God, is that what we're dealing with right now? Hey, guys, it's Leslie from Arkansas. And I 100% agree with y'all. I mean, anybody that knows Matt Rice knows that he is a dirty comedian with a potty mouth. And he talks bad about women. I mean, that's just what he does. And she clearly was looking for attention on this. And that's just nonsense. Shame on her. So um, Bradley Cooper showed up for the premiere of his movie Maestro. This is the movie about Leonard Bernstein, mm -hmm. famous conductor. Um, he, I think, you know, what everybody is saying is he could well win an Oscar for yep. his performance. Apparently it's amazing. So anyway, they had a big premiere last night and uh, he's dating Gigi Hadid, it sure looks like. Yep. She didn't show up. Nope. Guess who did? Uh, his six-year-old daughter, Leah. Uh, by the way, we should note the reason she was there not just to accompany dad, but she's actually in this movie. She plays a younger version of a character in the film, and he brought her along, and she officially was his date. There she is, God, holding, his, holding his hand. She is. It's interesting. So Bradley Cooper is, like, notoriously private, doesn't really show the kid, kind of, you know, tucks behind the scenes a little bit. Even with his relationship with Gigi, that's he tries to hide that as much as he can. But here he is kind of trotting out uh, the daughter. And as far as I can tell, this is like one of the first times that we're seeing her. She's an actress now. Yeah, she is. Uh, and she's super sweet. She looks like a natural. She was walking the carpet with her dad. She was smiling at all of the cameras. She looked like she was enjoying herself. And, you know, even though Irina wasn't there, she did post a little shout out to Leah and um, Bradley saying that she was very proud of them and congratulations on the maestro film. And by the way, one other quick thing. Uh, guess who else showed up at the premiere? Lady Gaga Lady showed Gaga up. She's showed not up. in the movie, not but the obviously movie. stars born they connected. Yes, they had a little reunion. Um, and I got to say, with Gaga there, I mean, look, you could argue that she was part of the good luck charm for the Star is Born when that movie was an Oscar darling and it was getting all these nominations. Yeah, yeah. Didn't end up winning a bunch, but I think Bradley Cooper might walk away with the statuette this year. We'll see. Hi, I'm Polly, and I'm from Argentina. I'm so excited for Bradley Cooper's new movie, and I'm so glad for all the buzz it's getting. I think it was super sweet that he brought his daughter along with him for the premiere. She definitely takes after his good looks, now that we've had the chance to finally meet her. I really hope he gets the Oscar. Who is another best actor that could... Oh, um, 
The guy from uh, Oppenheimer, what's his name? Oh, right. Yes. Of course. Yes, Killian Murphy, his name escapes me, but Killian is like the, and, the front runner right and, now. And is Ryan Gosling, would he be up for supporting. best supporting? It would be, not, it wouldn't be, be best it actor. It wouldn't be best actor, be supporting. Gotcha. Okay, what else do you guys want to talk about? Hi, I'm Kyla, and I'm in Atlanta, and I wanted to comment on the Jonathan Majors video that was just released. So I think he deserves an act, uh, an Oscar for how he acted in that particular video. He's pushing her back in the car, and then he all of a sudden runs and runs. But when he sees that she's seeking help with other people, he conveniently walks back down the street. And if you look at the people's faces in that video, they look shocked at whatever it was that he said to her. So he deserves an Oscar for that. He's going to be found guilty, and I hope she gets justice. I got to wow. tell you, that's a very compelling argument. The, this video we're looking at right now, why did he circle back and come back I, again? Uh, one more. Hey there, Brian from Florida here. I'm just commenting on the Taylor Swift rendezvous. A bunch of celebrities getting together, having a alcohol-fueled rendezvous at a Christmas bar, and everyone got home safely and took the safe route home. Completely yeah. impressive. I think that's the real built-in PSA of the story. When you got a motorcade, it's not that hard. That's right. They're not, they're not, <laughs> they're not behind the wheel here. Okay. So, uh, you have a Christmas tree? No, I'm yeah. not big on decorations myself. Yeah, guess who is? Jennifer Lopez is big on decorations because her theme this year, unsurprisingly, is gold. That is the theme for the Lopez Affleck home, with mm -hmm. the $60 million home they bought. Weirdly enough, in these Christmas photos of her, no Ben Affleck. Where is Ben Affleck in this? Did she just want to do a solo photo shoot here? Or like, what's I th the thinking? I think you got it exactly right. Okay, she just wanted <laughs> I think spotlight. it's like, do we really want Ben here in a flannel shirt? Every time I see her now, I, I just keep thinking, when does she start Start aging. Well, I mean, when does that happen? When the makeup comes off, that's for no, sure. No, no, no. Uh, you know what? I got to tell you, I saw her once uh -huh. in Vegas, and I went to something. She was there. Um, it, it's it's remarkable. She looks great. It's is what remarkable. we're saying. Her house looks great. And don't say without the makeup, okay? I, all right. Jeez. I'm sorry. Not true. Happy okay. holidays. Happy holidays. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>